All right, Alexander, let's talk about the Iran missile strikes that uh, that they launched the other day uh, into uh, Iraq, into Erbil. And uh, they hit, according to uh, sources in Iran, they hit uh, the targets that they were aiming for. Um, I believe uh, we're talking about uh, a Mossad uh, airbase. We're talking about some Kurdish targets, as well as the residence of, uh, of a very prominent uh, Kurdish businessman who was running uh, a company, a group of companies known as the Empire and uh, Falcon group of companies, which was tied into um, the military industrial complex and a lot of the the military activity in Iraq, I guess, is is what's what was going on here. Uh, anyway, the, the retaliation was in response to the, the missile strike was a retaliation in response to the terrorist attack in uh, in Iran a couple of weeks ago during the Soleimani, the Soleimani uh, anniversary uh, event. Um, but what uh, what do you make of these uh, these missile strikes into Iraq? Uh, do you think they're they'll there'll be some sort of retaliation from the United States. There's some question marks about whether U.S. Uh, diplomatic missions or consulates or even air bases were hit or targeted. Uh, I, I don't know. There, there are some question marks in and around that as well. So uh, what do you make of, of Iran's retaliation? I think this was a show of force, and I think this was also intended as a warning. Now, we've had, obviously, the event at Soleimani's in the cemetery in Soleimani, uh, near where you know when all those hundreds of people were killed by uh, you know bombs, suicide bombs apparently. Um, we've also had the missile strikes on the Houthis, which were carried out openly by the United States and Britain. We've also had accompanying threats. I mean, I can only call them threats, uh, coming especially from the British government speaking quite straightforwardly now about, you know, possible attacks on Iran. I mean, um, um, we've had comments from uh, the British Foreign Secretary, David Cameron. We've had comments from the British Defence Secretary, Grant Shapps. And we know always that within the United States, there are people who want to strike on Iran. And we see a pattern of escalation now taking hold in the Middle East. As I said, we've had the strike on the Houthis. The, the Houthis themselves have now countered. They've launched a missile strike on an American warship. The missile was intercepted, but, you know, the point is that the attack took place. There's been further Houthi attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. So they're ignoring the American warnings. They're no, you know, they're not impressed by these American missile strikes. And we've discussed in many programs how the logical endpoint of all this escalation is an American attack on Iran, which, as I said, some people, Grant Shapps, David Cameron, are sort of hinting at, and which other people, John Bolton, for example, are openly advocating. So what the Iranians have done in response is that they've launched missile strikes of their own they have been very, very careful to select their targets. So they have not attacked American targets. They have not sought to kill Americans or wound Americans. They don't want an attack of that nature to happen, which people like Bolton and Lindsey Graham and 
the British government would seize on and say, right, you know, this shows how aggressive and dangerous Iran is and we need to counter these strikes. The Iranians are now killing our people, so let's launch attacks on the Iranians and prevent them from killing our people in that kind of a way. So it's a, it's a very calculated and measured strike, but it demonstrates again Iran's capabilities. It shows that Iran has long-range missiles, that these missiles are very precise, that they're able to attack specific targets, that if there's an all-out war in the Middle East, Iran has the ability to launch strikes of its own against potentially American positions right across the Middle East and also potentially, no, presumably, American warships. So it's a warning and it's a show of force. Yeah, and uh, missiles and drones were used in these uh, strikes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. What do you make of of the, the targets that, that they chose? Well, again, they were or, very... Or what we know of, what we know what of we know the targets of that yes. they chose. I mean, they are interesting and no doubt important targets. I mean, um, there, there has clearly been a very long history of the United States, Western powers conducting operations against Iran. And it looks to me as if the Iranians were attacking a Western American-backed network that has been involved in conducting these kind of operations against Iran. And the Iranians, of course, are linking it to the attack near Soleimani's grave. And, you know, for all I know, that's true. I mean, we mustn't assume that it is not. But as I said, they, they, they're striking at this organisation. They clearly know a lot about it. They're signalling that they know an awful lot about it. But at one and the same time, they're making it absolutely, they're being absolutely careful to keep this within the bounds of a warning and a show of force. They're not retaliating so yet against Americans directly. And I think they're, they're doing that because obviously they do not want a regional war in the Middle East. At least if there is going to be a regional war, they're saying we're ready for it. We don't want it. We are acting in a restrained way, but don't push us. Because if you do, we have the means to defend ourselves and not just to defend ourselves, but to launch direct, but to hit directly at you. So I think it's a very, very carefully calibrated response to what we have been seeing happen in the Middle East. Yeah, a, a different administration would see it as, as that, a U.S. administration would, would look at this attack and say, OK, um, Iran has retaliated against this terror attack in Iran. They, they were very careful in their retaliation. Um, they can go back to, to their citizens and say, we retaliated. You see, we've, we retaliated against the people that hit us and we'll leave it there. But we're not dealing with uh, a White House that, uh, that is rational in, in any sense of the word. So uh, what, do you, what are the risks that uh, the Biden White House and its neocon influence will decide to escalate off of this instead of just leaving it where it is? They're going to, to push to, to escalate even further. I think, I think the risks are enormous 
If you take your mind back to the time when Donald Trump was president and after the assassination of Soleimani, the Iranians re retaliated to the attack on Soleimani by launching uh, missile strikes, very precise missile strikes against U.S. bases. But again, they chose their targets very carefully to minimize any possibility of Americans being killed. And Trump understood that. And he established a back channel with the Iranians. And he said to the Iranians, look, I understand what you're doing. I don't want a regional war. You don't want a regional war. You've calibrated your response at that level, which shows that you don't want a regional war. So we stop. And, and that actually diffused the entire crisis. This lot, the bunch that are in charge today, are completely different. First of all, the neocons are not only much more powerful within this administration than they were in Trump's, but they have a president who is himself a neocon. You know, he may not be you know, hands-on in charge all the time, but viscerally, he is on their side. So, I mean, that already alters the dynamic of this. Um, but beyond that, this group that is in power in Washington now have already lost control of the situation in the Middle East. They've not been able to control the situation in Gaza. We got another article, I think it was in the New York Times, saying how frustrated Biden is because the Israelis aren't listening to what he's telling them. Well, you know, and that he's Patience is running thin. We've seen these articles appear every couple of days, weeks now. The point is they can't control the Israelis. The situation in Gaza is out of their control. The situation in Yemen is out of their control as well. They've launched missile strikes at the Houthis. The Houthis are undeterred by those missile strikes. They're continuing to attack shipping in the Red Sea. They're now launching strikes at American warships in the Red Sea. The Houthis are not deterred. They, they don't have the same kind of calculus also that the Iranians do. The Houthis probably at some level wouldn't be so averse to a wider war in the Middle East. Just saying. So again, missile strikes at the Houthis not achieving their intended purpose, not perhaps even inflicting significant damage on the Houthis, a situation that is escalating. And now on top of that, the Iranians, who the neocons always say are the people who are in ultimate control of the Houthis and Hezbollah and all of the others, um, the Iranians launching their own missile strikes. So you can see that at how the situation is being set up, what, however calibrated the Iranian responses, however careful the Iranians are to try to limit escalation as far as possible, you will see that whatever the Iranians do, there will be people in Washington who will come forward and say, look, the Israelis, sorry, the Iranians are launching these attacks that dismantling our networks shows how aggressive the Iranians are. It shows how strong and dangerous the Iranians have become. They're only a couple of months away from 
in having enough enriched uranium to build a nuclear bomb. They always say that. It's one trope they always bring up. So with time to do it, we've got to attack now. We can't leave it longer because if we do, it looks as if the Iranians are hitting us and calling our bluff. And we can't afford that to happen. And that that's, that's the problem. Um, that's the trap that the administration has maneuvered the United States into. Yeah, exactly right. And, and the, the problem that I see with this escalation is that the Biden White House and the neocons, they've created this linkage between the Houthis and Iran. And so what they're going to sell to the public, if, if they decide to escalate further, they're going to sell it as, as this is just one conflict bundled together, the Houthis and, and Iran. So we're really just opening up a conflict against one common enemy. But that's not the case. What, what the U.S. and the U.K. is being maneuvered into is uh, a war on two different uh, fronts against two different enemies, two, two distinctly different enemies, uh, a, a different conflicts altogether. And, and this is going to be very problematic for, for the Biden White House, for the U.S. military. And the UK, because the UK is being dragged along into this, or willingly going along into this, actually. Well, this is absolutely correct. I mean, one of the fundamental problems is that, again, um, the, the United States, the, the, the neocons, bring a kind of sort of James Bond, Ian Fleming understanding to their adversaries. I mean, they... they Clearly, the Iranians and the Houthis and the Iranians and Hezbollah and the Iranians and the various militias in Iraq have many contacts. They've been allies. They work together many times. The Iranians do have influence on them. But just suppose that all of these very tough, hardened militias commanded by some pretty ruthless and tough and hard and experienced um, military leaders are simply proxies of Iran is politically wrong and psychologically improbable. I mean, you know, you how are the Iranians supposed to manipulate these people? How do they control them? People like this are all but impossible to control. A sophisticated government in the United States would understand this. But what the United States is doing is that instead of trying to calibrate its own policies to understand that these are different groups and different factions and to try to find means to deal with ones, not, you know, have taking them all on at the same time. Because it's following this, you know, Bondian view of the Middle East. They're doing precisely that. They're aiming to take them all on at the same time. So we're going to have fighting in Iraq, fighting in Syria, fighting in Yemen, fighting in Lebanon, all on top of a big war with Iran and quite possibly a war that will involve Syria and Iraq as well. It is a way of multiplying your enemies instead of trying to reduce your enemies. But... This is the kind of thinking that it leads to. And by the way, on that subject, I mean, some of the comments that have been coming out of London have been astonishing. Um, the British Defence Secretary, Grant Shapps, gave, a, I thought, one of the most shocking interviews 
I've ever heard from a British uh, minister. I mean, he said, he actually came out and said, you know, addressing Iran, you know, we can see you. We know what you're about. We can see through you. Don't think you can get away with this. It, it, it sounded like, you know, what one boy says to another boy on the school playground. I mean, it, it, it so far removed from statesmanship. I mean, the ghosts of British Defence Secretaries passed. One of them, by the way, was Winston Churchill. Must be spinning in their graves listening to this kind of language being used by senior a senior British minister. And again, it tells you so much about the calibre and the lack of understanding that British the British leadership has today. Yeah, and they're going to do all of this in, in the Middle East. They're going to take on all these these uh, enemies in the Middle East while they have a war in, in, in Gaza and they have a, a conflict with, with Russia. Indeed, it's, absolutely. It's and, and, and of course, at the same time, they're sending off delegations to Taiwan and <laughs> stirring up things there as well. And uh, I mean, there's also tensions now growing in the Korean Peninsula. I mean, it, the level of belligerence and the sort of schoolboy thinking is astonishing. And I, I've never known anything like this. You remember people used to talk in Donald Trump's day about, you know, needing adults in the room. These are not adults. <laughs> These are delinquent teenagers who are in charge. If you don't believe me, just, just read that interview that Grant Shapps gave. All right. We will leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Duran shop. 15% off all T-shirts. Take care.